It's so crazy. I had a dream that we did this and it was like in the back of an SUV and it was, <laughs> it was just terrible. Like you guys like hated me. You guys would not respond to anything. I was just like, oh, this is incredibly hostile. <laughs> I was like, what the f happened? And then uh, I woke up, I was like, well, thank God. Weird thing to dream about, but all right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. Uh, August 3rd was an incredible weekend uh, with all the dodgeball taking place with the uh, WDA and WDC um, all happening concurrently. And um, with so much happening, here to help me recap and recap what went down this weekend is uh, Nick Vectorin, uh, returning guest Paige Peterson, and Mick Wood. Um, guys, thank you so much for hopping on this afternoon. And, you know, let's just dive right into it. Let's just go ahead and start the introductions. Um, you know, give me your full name, team, uh, role you had in UDC, which one it was for you, and where you're originally from, and we'll just uh, we'll go from there. Start with you, Nick. All right, uh, Nick Factorin, part of the referee team. I was one of the head officials uh, there this weekend, and I have been a part of the UDC since I guess its inception seven years ago. I um, did a lot of uh, playing. And uh, I stopped playing, well, 2016 was my last season, and I started refing 2017, which was last year in Chicago, and then uh, this year. So that's awesome. what I was doing. And you're based out of L.A., right? Yeah. Yeah, I play mostly in L.A., live in Orange County. Awesome. And uh, you, Mick? Uh, hey, I'm uh, Mick Wood. I play on Team Tutha. Uh, this is our first year in, I guess, the championships in Chicago. Uh, to the started about three years ago, uh, and I played in the Van Nuys qualifier with myself and a couple other random guys that I met playing there. And then last year, I played with my typical squad, and then this year we picked up Trey and Daniel, and this is our first official championship going from the qualifier. Um, and we're all, I mean, I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Gotcha. And what did it, what a debut, right? I mean, took it all, so. I, yeah, yeah, definitely was a, was an eye opener for us to see what we were capable, what we're all capable of. I, I think for the rest of the world too. Um, we'll definitely dive into that. Um, but before we do so, Paige, how about you? Uh, I'm Paige Peterson. I played with Vendetta this weekend. Um, this was, I mean, the, you guys know the first women's division that the UDC had so it was a first for everyone but uh, I'm from Arizona originally live in Chicago and then we have two girls from Minnesota and then two of other girls were from California so a little bit of a spread out team awesome and this was first uh, women's and we'll get into that too but then is this your first UDC or, or had you played in previous yeah this is my first UDC Ashley is the only one that has played in a previous UDC I think Dang, again, another amazing debut. So, uh, yeah, congratulations to both you guys, uh, Mick and Paige. Um, definitely want to get into that. Um, but let's just go ahead and start with um, just, like, high level. Um, you know, it's obviously been a week since. It'll be two weeks by the time this episode's released. But what were your thoughts um, overall on that weekend that you can recollect, um, starting with Nick? Well, this whole weekend, it's uh, been pretty, like you said, it was well-branded. And uh, we had a very, uh, really good showing across social media. It was uh, amazing to look at when uh, when the days were done. But then uh, 
also organizationally, this was one of the best uh, UDCs that has gone on that I can I can remember. Uh, Mick, you might say you can chime in on this, but uh, yeah, the the way everything was run and how smoothly everything went uh, with the refs and um, all the staff involved, I think this was one of the best ones they've held since they've started. Yeah, I uh, so I, I wrote in the script um, a comment about branding and I just completely botched it, so I just went for something simple. But um, yeah, so I was uh, I was at drill, so I didn't get to see too much, but you know, my Facebook feed was just littered with dodgeball just all across, um, you know, from the UDC to WDA, but with UDC specifically, um, I was like, holy crap, these are people I know, these are people I've hung out with, I've played with, played against, that are looking like like athletes. Like the, the the branding was just so on point and it was so fast too. Like th- these weren't, you know, stock photos from last year or years previous. This was like happening as the event was taking place. And, um, you know, I compare it to like watching Sunday night or Monday night football, like an actual production with lots of money thrown into it and it just looked so crisp. Why do you think... Um, why, why do you think it was so it was so branded and done so well? Is it just seven times the charm or new leadership, new management, or how did what do you think contributed think, to that? Uh, yeah. <clears throat> oh, sorry, Mick. If you want to take it, go for it. Uh, I mean, I, I was just going to chime in on on what you stated, and I I I mean, I've this is our first UDC showing up to this, but I've watched videos of every year everything that's on YouTube that has UDC attached to it. I've watched all of those videos, and <clears throat> seeing the production value alone like pictures how quick they're going up and how fast they're going up and the quality of it you know it could be a seventh times the charm but i think that everybody kind of this year going into it knew that like you know with the branding of usa with the branding of everything that's going on and how professional we're trying to make it i think that kind of got into people's head and i think that everybody on the crew knew that you know i think jake mason had a good influence on people and like helping brand just dodgeball as a sport you know, and I think that had a, a big impact on everybody working there as well. For sure. I definitely want to dive into that too, a um, couple questions from now. But what were your, again, uh, going back a little bit, you know, it's been a week past. What are your thoughts overall? Just like if you can sum up, I want to say like the entire experience and just in a couple sentences, how would you, how would you do so? Um, I mean... I kind of, we're still, I mean, a lot of us have talked about it afterwards and it still hasn't really hit us. We feel like, you know, we all, we all, we finished it happened and we went back to the hotel and we were all like, you know, psyched and we won. And then we all flew home and we're psyched that we won, but we're still, it, we're, we, something was just like, we're still kind of trying to realize that it had happened, you know, because, you know, there's all the pressure of everybody, you know, trying to take down the top teams and come in for our first time and everybody thinks we can do this, you know? And so there was a lot of pressure as me as a captain, you know, having seven guys on my team and there was a lot of pressure trying to, you know, prove people wrong, prove people right. And I think to sum up everything, it's still, we're still trying to figure out how to sum it up. You know, we're all ecstatic and excited of what happened, but it's still a surreal moment. Still processing. Opinion. Yeah. Yeah, well, as I mentioned, you know, this by the time this airs, this will be, you know, two weeks after the fact. So maybe you can comment on, okay, we got it now. We feel, we feel fantastic, or we're ready for the in, next one. In two weeks, <laughs> in two weeks, we'll be very pumped and ready to go. We're, we'll probably, I mean, we're all, I mean, I haven't played any dodgeball this whole week really. So I think once I start playing again and getting back into it and going back to my rec leagues and having fun, I think that'll be get back into it again. 
when we're when we're pumped. Awesome, just in time for uh, Elite Nationals. Mm-hmm. And uh, how about you, Paige? How would you sum up just everything high level? God, I mean, this was the first UDC that I've ever been to, so it was like I had nothing to compare it to. But I thought it was so so good, just especially the refing, having so many refs on every single court. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. So having so many refs, it was like if I wasn't sure about a call, I trusted the call that they made. Even if I didn't think it was right, I was like, all right, you know, there's six of them. They could probably see more than I can. Um, so I really, really appreciated having a lot of refs. Yeah. And also the production value of it. So having it uploaded online, like as we're playing, it was so useful to go back home at night and watch film, like really good film and listen to the commentary. I mean, Britt Mazarow was awesome. So I, I really enjoyed like being able to go watch the games right after they happened and kind of see stuff for myself. It's kind of really like good. Really experience good. in third person. <laughs> Did you ever see yourself like being able to do that? Just going from your humble days at uh, NCDA and, and Tucson, and then just while well, I'm watching myself on online and eventually, like, I think ESPN in this uh, high production, that. amazing, uh, high stakes game or. Um, platform? Did you ever see that happening? I, I didn't ever think that I would the dodgeball itself would ever be like at this level I guess. You know, and, and a lot of people know about Skyzone whether they play or not so it reached a lot of people this weekend. Yeah it's phenomenal. It's been a, it's been a great week for, uh, for dodgeball content. Just the, the stuff that's coming out is stuff I'm proud of and want to point people to whenever they ask like oh you play dodgeball? I'm like yeah I, I do actually and this is what it looks like. This is um, very well presented but um I kind of want to go into um, some of the stuff that Nick brought up, and that's um, how did this UDC differ in comparison to the previous ones, especially since you've been at all of them. So I think you're a pretty good um, reference. Kind of talked about like Jake Mason um, and his branding, well, not his branding, but the branding that was brought in. But this was Jake's first UDC, is that correct? This is not Jake's first UDC. He's been a part of the past, I want to say three, or at least three or four. Uh, he was in Vegas <clears throat> uh, at least a couple of times, uh, but this was his first year being assistant director. That's what it is. Okay. Yeah. So it was uh, Jamie Martino was the the head director of UDC this year, and then Jake was uh, actually helping her out as the assistant. Okay. Yeah, that's what I meant. Cause I remember watching. Um, I don't know if it was like an Instagram story or video or picture, and he was with the UDC crew. And it was something about it was new, and so he he's now stepped up and is an assistant director for UDC now. That's yeah, that's okay. right. He was uh, he was like a on air uh, talent for the first couple of years. That's so right. Interviewing teams and stuff. Very cool. And then um, so we have that going, and then we also have a wins division. That's new, right? That that was one of the major differences this time going in. Yeah, that was uh, the one thing they wanted to focus on for 2018 was to bring in this new women's division, eight uh, women's teams invited uh, pretty much. I think uh, that was all headed up by uh, Jamie and Jake. They wanted to bring in the best talent from around the world and and Jake made it happen. That's awesome. Yeah, there's a really cool video that the UDC page released, I think today, where it's got some of the players talking about, you know, it's the women's division, and it's uh, it's been long long past since due that they that they have one. And I think that just aired today, so hopefully that gets circulated. But 
um, again, it just goes right back up to that awesome production quality of, of content that's going out there. Like, hey, I know that voice. Like, that's holy crap, that's Andrew Ketchum talking. It's, this is great. Um, we already kind of covered the commentary. I think uh, Brittany and Dave, how long have they been doing the uh, um, commentary? At least since 2015. 2015, gotcha. And then um, I saw Lucas on there um, and, and somebody else, another player. I didn't get to watch it fully, but were there other commentators? Or was it just those two primarily? No, Lucas and Bill uh, were commenting through the quarterfinals of the top eight. Uh, so they're both uh, Seattle-based players, really intelligent. Lucas headed up the stats <coughs> team, and big ups to him because uh, right at the right at the beginning uh, on Thursday, before the whole thing kicked off, he came up to me. He's like, "Hey, do you think uh, these teams are going to be able to uh, do these these stat sheets for me?" And I looked at the sheets and I said, "Oh man, I don't know. That's a lot of that's a lot of work for like." other people to do while they're trying to focus on their game. I don't know, Lou. Uh, maybe. <laughs> but don't don't put too much faith in it. But, I mean, everyone stepped up and uh, came through with the stats. And uh, as you can see from what they had from the production, it was amazing. Yeah, stats is just a whole other wonderful, awesome element to, uh, to dodgeball and bringing into, again, that whole like production feel. So did he like approach you guys to, to do that? And was that something that was um, volunteered through the dodgeball community like um, from Lucas or was that asked for? I guess like, how did it, how did it happen? Like, how'd you guys get stats into this uh, UDC? Uh, that was actually part of the production team. So Mad City did a really good <coughs> job with the, the production and uh, they hired Lucas to do the stats. So he was actually the statistician, the head statistician for the entire weekend. And so he was the one compiling all that for Mad City as part of their production crew. That's awesome. Very and cool. And that video you were talking about the, for the, the intro to the women's division, they actually made that the day of the top eight to air, right, Mick? Yeah, they, they interviewed all of us that, I think it was that morning or the, the day before. I can't remember when it exactly it was, but... They, it came out. I mean, all the stuff they did, the interviews and everything and their little intros for each team, they did everything right then and there. And again, talking about how fast they were, you know, Mad City put a lot of effort into this, so, you mean, know. Um, and another another thing I wanted to bring up about the stats, I mean, Lucas did an amazing job providing that for everybody, but also all the people that like stepped up and helped out with him. You know, there were a lot of people that were hesitant on doing it at the start, but he'd just come up to anybody random that was part of the team or a friend of the team and say, hey, can you take stats for them? And people stepped up and definitely helped that out a lot and that helped out the community a lot and, you know, all the entertainment value of this was was very helpful. That's so awesome. So it was like a, the community was, was producing and helping as well as UDC. It wasn't just UDC doing everything by themselves. Like there's a lot of contribution <clears throat> on both sides. Yeah, it seemed like that. And, and I, I'm not sure how you know, Mad City and UDC coordinated together, but I know they handled, I, I believe the entire, I mean, correct, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure they handled all the stream. Uh, I think there was, the photography was by uh, Mason Studios, I believe. I can't remember if that's his studio. Um, but they handled the stream and they handled all those uh, interviews and all the intros for each, or each team, you know, and the fact that they were shot and edited and put up the next day before we all played, I, I thought that was, again, part of the professionalism of the sport. And I think that really, 
was incredible for us to see, especially. Yeah. And so that's what I meant again, going to like watching a Sunday night football, Monday night football production is like, you know, they have a really cool play that happened. And then before the commercial break, you see like a repeat or you see like a still image of that. It's just, it's just so cool watching dodgeball get that treatment. Finally. Um, I've heard, I've heard of Mad City being mentioned a few times, but, um, can one of you guys kind of clue me in on, on what they are exactly? Is it just like a streaming company or is that somebody we know we as in the dodgeball community or who are they exactly? Um, I don't know if you know more about this, Nick, go ahead. But I know that they did the elite nationals last year. Um, I, I don't know if they're primarily, I believe they're primarily, they're an esports streaming company. Okay. Um, but they do, they've, I I don't know if they met Mark or whoever they met through elite, but they kind of reached out and they've been doing elite nationals last year and they did UDC this year. I think they did last year's UDC, but I don't know, but that's yeah. They handled, they handled the stream. Uh, the live stream of last year's UDC. Uh, this year they don't have a deal with ESPN yet, but um, Mad City was doing the live stream for the first two days of UDC last year. They're a Chicago-based company. Vegum is the uh, the guy in charge and the guy that's uh, the main contact for him. He, and he's a dodgeball player. Nice. That's awesome. Do you know if... Uh, if they'll be present for the elite nationals coming up we are working on that gotcha very cool um one thing i wanted to ask too is uh so the interviews that were taking place um Paige, were you were you interviewed at all no no but uh, no. you were mick yeah so they just did uh i think they did all the captains of all the the top two women's teams so i know ashley was interviewed for your team page um and then just the rest of the captains for all the top eight and then the top two women's. So how did, how did that work? Do they have like a separate studio set up where they would pull you guys aside to interview? Was it before, after, during, or can you kind of walk me through that? Yeah, so they had a little uh, area next door to the front entrance of Sky Zone. It was a little building next door, and they had a green screen set up for photos. They had uh, so cool. a bunch of lights and, and, and chairs and everything set up. So they did all those little player intros where they zoom into each player's face. Um, right. They did that. <clears throat> The everybody every team scheduled a time with them to come in uh, between Thursday and Friday for that, and then on Saturday I think I can't remember the exact time or date, but they um, <clears throat> I think once we qualified right after we finished on Saturday they brought us in next door or they brought me in and then I sat down with them and had like a maybe 10, 15 minute interview just talking about all everything that's going on the women's division you know how we felt about top eight and they just kind of put it there was two two videos the women's uh division and then they had the co-ed elite eight video as well gotcha okay i was wondering how they were again it was just like while wow, they're coming out with this content so fast as it's happening wonder what uh what the setup looked like but that's that's incredible mm-hmm. very cool um well, let's kind of go back to before the like i guess moving up to the udc so um and we can start with you Paige. what was what was your path to you see like like you had to do some qualifiers is that correct or was it like how'd you get to that how'd you get there start there no so for the women's because it was the the first year that did the invitational so we put together teams kind of verified the teams through jake i want to say jake mason um and he kind of checked off on the teams to make sure that we had enough representation from every region and then we just kind of showed up so that's pretty much how we got in. There was no qualifier or anything. So you guys got to choose who you want to play with first, and then get it approved by Jake. 
Yeah. So, okay. yeah. So, I mean, there was like an Arizona team kind of uh, mostly like West Coast based teams. And then there were a couple teams that were mashups of like East and West or like ours was North and West um, Canadian team upstairs. So we just had to get it approved, I guess, to have those players on a specific team. Gotcha. And who was on your team? It was, it was Ashley Cook, Tanya Kaiser. Tanya, Rolina, and Angelique. Who is just a freaking monster, apparently. Um, <laughs> can't wait to get into that one in a second. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, okay, so did you guys, like, did you guys have a chance to practice? Or, like, when was the team, like, official for you guys? So we actually were talking about getting a team together to enter the men's, just in, you know, just to do that. So nice. we had our team kind of set up or had, you know, it was, it was an idea for a while. We wanted to do that. And then we were going to go find a qualifier that we could all make it to hopefully take that. So when they announced the women's division, it was kind of like, Oh, we already have our, our team sort of together. And we just decided to, to switch over to the women's division. That's convenient. <laughs> you guys already had yeah. that team set up. Very cool. Yeah. Um, why Vendetta? Did you guys get to choose your team name and the colors, or how did that work fall into place? Yeah, we bounced around on a lot of names for a long time because we were talking about enter entering the men's. So we had a lot of different names. Um, none of mine were chosen, but I like Vendetta because it did us. It was pretty good. So can we have some of the names that you um, threw out there? You don't want them on the air. Okay. <laughs> Fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> it's just going to be a series of, of bleeps. Um, awesome. Um, cool. So you guys got the approval. Um, sounds like you already had a team going already. So by the time it was time to, to show up, you guys were ready to execute. Um, how about you, Mick? Um, one of the things I wanted to ask, and I forgot who might have answered this for me, but um, can you just explain to the again? Okay. Uh, to the... So the name has kind of expanded and it's, I kind of, where it is now is open to interpretation of what people, you know, people have given it so many different meanings and I actually enjoy it. It literally was just a nickname that was given to me when I was like 15 or 14 by Micah and our other best friend, Brandon. Uh, so I've known Micah, who's my co-captain on the team since I was a kid. Uh, and it was just a nickname that he gave me and we just started playing dodgeball and it just kind of stuck on the court with us and then we didn't have any names so we just were like all right let's call it that you know but now everybody's kind of given it something different and i just let people call it whatever they want that's awesome yeah it was, it was alan um i was talking to alan thomas from the west it was to the championship I was like okay i guess that um, that's kind of stuck after this one and then so you know there's a good uh, guy who plays weho dodgeball his name is gordon balami he was one of the first people to say that to us. You know, he's been very supportive of us as well. That's so funny. So people are like, hey, what does to the mean? It's like, well, what does it mean to you? Like, you just like let them. You know, some people say when we get out to the outline, you know, that's fine. We'll come back in on the catch and take it to the championship. That's awesome. What, uh, why was it a nickname for you though? Uh, I had, I mean, all my like social media and, and, uh, because uh, my, my name was Mick Wood and they just put to the in the middle so it became Mick to the Wood Makes and it kind of just flew like it went with it just rolled off the tongue easily so then it just became it just stuck with me that's awesome I mean that's how nicknames are like they just you don't choose them most of the time they're they're given to you yeah that's awesome okay so what was um, well actually are you, I'm going to assume you're going to keep to the from now on right it's no longer a placeholder or are you going to change your name into something else we're all in talks right now so we don't know what's going to happen over the next year Gotcha. So we'll, we'll we'll discuss that and see. Part of the post UDC championship processing, you guys got to go through. 
yeah there we uh, some of us do some of us don't you know and if we come up with something better and something great then you know it, it's it's all branding so it's like if you can make something that sticks you know and if people enjoy it why change it but if it's something that you think you can do something better and you know sell it better than then go ahead you know sure i guess i have pretty sick jerseys and um i thought for the longest time too that was like some kind of japanese thing maybe just because it <laughs> i don't know if anybody's gonna get this reference but it reminds me of something i would see from like the early double dragon game cartridge covers and so it's like is this like an 8-bit playoff of some video game but uh again going back to what happens when you let other people define mm-hmm. uh the name they just the mind goes in crazy places but um what was uh, the path to victory like? So you guys had to play in qualifiers, right? Is that how it works? Yeah. So last year uh, we played in the Van Nuys qualifier without Tra- Travion McCain and Daniel Ariano, um, and it was just the five of us. You know, Alan, uh, Micah, Anthony, and Xander, and I. And uh, we unfortunately got beaten out, and Team Black and Doom went to the Nationals last year. So kind of growing into the next year I had I kind of talked a little more with uh, Daniel and Trey and I was kind of talking about what they're going to do and they were all iffy about if they're going back with their team or they're going to do so I, I just suggested come play with us you know I think that we had five guys that are kind of fresh into this and we, you know people saw our potential and they had already been to top eight before and as a captain I just thought it was a great choice to kind of bring on two a little more experienced people that were kind of our age as well and I mean, it, it worked definitely, but going into this year, um, I actually didn't make it to the qualifier cause I was in England at the time I had to be out of town. Um, but I trusted all of my guys to go and they played in Torrance, which in my opinion was the hardest qualifier in all of the States. Most likely, um, you know, it had crisis, it had doom, it had us, it had a couple other teams of just, you know, well-stacked players that had been to the finals already. Definitely. But, um, no, it was it was definitely. I was sitting there on my phone the entire time, just watching the stream live on everybody's different streams that was going on. It's incredible that you can do that. You're in London and you're able to follow along live as it's as it's going down. <clears throat> um, would it be fair to say that? Um, and I don't want to piss off any other regions, but is, is Torrance like like the proving ground? Is that one of the harder ones? You think? I mean, we had three out of the eight teams in the finals, and we only had three teams come from the qualifier so you know if we're taking that majority of the top eight it kind of says something about the competition you know if to be fair there are well qualified teams around the states you know and i think that there's a chance if you did put maybe four teams in torrents that potentially four teams would be in the top eight you know it's also all it's based on bracket play too you know but i think that the teams coming out of torrents are some of the strongest teams that are going to make it to the top eight. Gotcha. Yeah, it may not be, I don't say that may not be a fair question to pin on you, but I was just curious, um, just for my own um, reference. What about you, Nick? Can you uh, speak to that a little bit? Like, where do you see like the tougher regions or the, the tougher qualifiers? If you can speak to well, that. Absolutely, yeah. I was at the Torrance <coughs> qualifier too, because they that was kind of our ref training for uh, most of the officials that were there in Chicago. And um, who was the fourth place team, Mick? Was it Rise? Yeah, yeah, Rise. They lost to Doom in the, the third place match. Yeah, so there were, we had to hold a third place match because there's a three bids to go to Chicago. And so, uh, I mean, potentially, I mean, if Rise was here in Chicago last week, uh, they probably would have been in the top eight, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's uh, it was an incredibly tough crowd to get through. Uh, not to knock ABC, but I mean they went to Lee Summit, Missouri. They had to play t three other teams, and they were <coughs> fighting for two bids. Hmm. So that's just uh, um, that's probably going to be one of the easiest uh, qualifiers to go through. But no knock to ABC, they're still a good team. Um, but that's the the kind of uh, disparity you'll see across across the states with the with this tournament. Right, they're not as like I guess like saturated with uh, experienced players as as the West is already yeah. known for. Um, I do want to get back to the path to victory though. Um, so you guys, I mean, you you got to play with. Well, let me slow down. Um, you rejoined them after the qualifiers. Did you have any trouble syncing back with your team, Mick, or was it um, just business as usual? No, it was just just business as usual. I mean, we, I got back. You know, I I took about a month off because I was overseas traveling, but coming straight, they had been practicing still while I was out of town. You know, I was still in communication, still setting up practices with other teams. But when I got back, we just jumped right back into it and had no problems. Very cool. I did want to mention uh, when I covered the uh, the Tribune, is it, is it like the Tribune tournament that that um, mm -hmm. Tyler threw on back in December? He had mentioned um, that was the first time I heard to the, and he had, I think he like specifically stated to watch out for for you guys because um, you guys were solid coming off the trampoline and going into foam and, and nosting and um, and whatnot. So I think it's cool that I just went full circle. Like now I'm actually talking to the champion of UDC from for trampoline. So. That's a, it's a really cool thing to, to realize come into motion, or fruition rather. But um, and for you, Nick, uh, one of the things I wanted to ask before I asked like how would how did you prepare for UDC is like how did what's your involvement with that? Andrew, when I interviewed him, he kind of mentioned that you might have been responsible for getting him involved into dodgeball because you worked there, or how did that all start out? Well, I worked for uh, another trampoline park company called Sky High Sports, and I opened the one in Costa Mesa in Orange County, and that's where Andrew Ketchup started playing. And so, uh, eventually, when he wanted to uh, play in the UDC, I brought him onto my team, and we pretty much combined the, uh, the the two teams that we had for UDC, called it German Meet, and we qualified out of uh, qualify out of I don't even remember, but um, yeah, we uh, took a team to the top eight in 2015. We did a really solid performance in 2016 and lost out on Saturday to the Ducks. Um, yeah, and then he went off and joined the Shootas, and he became this dodgeball powerhouse that everyone sees now. So uh, that's that's how I started with uh, UDC. Gotcha. And uh, how long have you been uh, refing for them again? This was my second year. Second year. Yeah. Why did you decide to do that? Why why ref instead of play? When you lose a player like Andrew Ketchum, it's kind of hard to start another team. Uh, and it's funny because, uh, fun fact, I tried to grab Trey and Daniel uh, to play with me this year. And then they said, oh, I think we're going to go with Tida. I said, oh, uh -oh. that's probably a better, uh, better way to go. And uh, look where it got them now. So uh, you're welcome, Mick. So thank you. Pretty much, we I, have we have Nick to thank for Andrew Ketchum and for <laughs> Tuda winning the championship. Pretty I'll good, give him his credit. <laughs> pretty good contributions to the sport, I guess. If we'll look at it that way. Um, kind of want to go into this next question: Is how do you guys prepare and, and stay fit for UDC? Um, and Nick, I'll start with you because I guess we're kind of on the subject already. 
do you have to do anything special to to ref? Like, do you have to take like, a test, or do you just you know the rules by heart, or do you have to do anything differently to prepare for this role? We did have a lot of input in the rules uh, this year, um, and we wanted to make sure that it was pretty much clear and fair for everybody. Um, we did change a couple of things. I mean, the invalid throw rule, uh, the um, the yellow cards and red cards came into effect. Uh, um, I feel like it uh, changed the attitude of a lot of the players coming in. We only issued out one yellow card throughout the entire weekend, but wow. having those at our disposal is, uh, I feel like, gave the teams their you know warning. They this is a professional sport. You you can't mess around. And um, the the officials that we brought on that were assistant officials, they had to take a test, I believe. Um, that Jake Mason uh, put out there for them to do, and uh, they, we wanted to make sure that everyone was, you know, serious about it. What's uh, what's an invalid throw? Just tossing a ball away? Can't do that anymore? So, this is not only just a tournament; it is a TV show. So you're creating live uh, TV that you want to have entertain people. And so, if there's you know 30 seconds left on the clock and a team has to throw a ball. You don't want them throwing to a trampoline two, two trampolines away from one player if they have a huge lead. You want them to try to get the guy out. Right. So if they throw a ball away, it's not exciting TV, unfortunately. And so we wanted to make sure that we're putting on a product that's really uh, that stands out, that really uh, grabs your attention. So that we had to put that rule into play, and actually it came into effect a couple of times throughout the tournament actually put T.C. Bush out of the top eight. Oh wow, so what happens if you throw a ball away? Um, if you throw a ball away, it is an instant out. Dang. Even if it slips or...? It's, and it's up to the ref's discretion. Gotcha. And so, yeah, if they're, you, you can tell if they're intentionally throwing <clears throat> a ball away from a player because they don't want them to catch it and they, they want, don't want to give them all balls. You can see it and <clears throat> yeah, unfortunately, it happened to TC Bush. That's a bummer, but um, yeah, that, that's cool that it's 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 keeping TV in mind. Um, and as Paige said, with like six refs on the court, I think you can kind of trust that they're going to make the right call um, if need be. Um, and one thing you, you did mention: somebody got a yellow card. Was that Paige? It was <laughs> not Paige. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> it was actually a guy in Swolgers during the semi. Nope. Uh, during their game against Dynasty in the quarterfinals of top eight, um, they were just taunting, and we, they were they were flirting with it throughout the entire tournament, and then it just crossed the line. So, uh, Joe, one of the other head of uh, head officials, wanted to go ahead and issue the yellow card, and they all understood. <clears throat> they did not fight back on that at all. And uh, funny story: the uh, guy that earned the yellow card, his mom called him. She was watching the stream. His mom called. Yes. And said, "What are you doing? Don't act like that." Oh man, and, that's uh, awesome. They uh, got it back together, and they were they were fine the rest of the day. <laughs> that's incredible. Oh man, that is awesome on so many different levels. Um, well, good. I'm, I'm glad. Uh, you know, nothing against the, these guys, but I'm glad that they were made an example of, and it actually, you know, it stopped. Um, we definitely want professionals on both sides from the production to the to the athletes and we don't want tantrums and meltdowns that we're you know I don't say used to seeing but we, we've known to 
to experience during these tournaments. Um, <clears throat> that's hysterical, as mom called him, though. I can't get over that. Um, well, how about you, Paige? How did you, uh, how did you stay fit for, for UDC? Like, did you practice more on the trampoline? Is there a different condition you had to do? Like, how did you guys uh, make sure you guys were in top shape? Um, well, personally, this is like my second time being on a trampoline ever. So I just, I just kind of did like my normal stuff, you know, Kramagon, all that dodgeball related activity. Um, but I think Ashley and Tanya actually get to practice on trampolines a lot. They actually, they have a lot of access to that. So it was really good that they did. And then I also think Angelique and Rolina have practiced a couple times on trampolines. So I, I was with a couple of veterans. It was really nice. Gotcha. Really nice. Yeah, I mean, if they're, um, this is just an assumption. I don't know if you guys can correct me on this if you know, but I mean, if they're if they're able to to practice with like Brody and all them, um, and Ryan and basically the dudes from Crisis, then I'm pretty sure they're they're gonna be in solid shape for for UDC. Yeah, they Those were are for all sure. All monsters. And and Mick, how about you? Um, I mean, you guys are no strangers to trampoline, so did you guys do anything different to prepare for uh, the weekend? Um. Not, I mean, not really. I think just practicing, you know, we had, you know, practicing every week on tramps is usually what we do. Um, and then other than that, we had a lot of, we do a lot of rec leagues like WeHo Dodgeball and then, you know, Elite has open gyms sometimes. So we kind of, we play different ball types as well. You know, we just play dodgeball and a lot of my, you know, I, I play a lot of the mental game with people and I try and make sure everybody's on the same page and not just like, trying to whip balls as hard as they can and trying to make sure people are coordinated on the court. So I think playing a lot with different people and playing and there's the, you know, a Sunday league of foam that we play, but it's with a lot of the people that go, that are going to Chicago, you know, and a lot of people that are, have been there. So I think that was a big help for us. So that's kind of what we did is just play with, with all the different types of people. Gotcha. This might be a weird question. This might be uh, for both you, Mick or Nick. Um, is there a lot of like, random like flips and weird off the wall like spider-man acrobatic plays that take place once you get to this level of competition on trampoline or do people stay on the ground mostly or primarily that you guys know that you guys have noticed um in okay so i mean nick's has been to the other location you know in i believe it was in vegas uh i think the switch to fusion courts has eliminated a lot of that I, I think the fusion courts were, you know, this is my first time on fusion courts and I like them and I enjoyed them, but they remind me a lot of, of just regular floor, you know, there's less, there's balance to them and there's movement, but you know, and every other, you know, the qualifier where we played and there's a lot of teams that play on the regular traditional trampolines, you have a lot more balance and, and especially from the thing that I've noticed the most uh, from like just the videos and even last year that I didn't play in 2015 and 14 sky zone released, uh, you know, the top 10 best catches or top 10 best dodges. And you watch those on the old trampolines, you know, with the blue pads in the middle, you know, and there are people just doing, you know, people like from awesome, the Giovinkos are just flipping off walls or front flipping. The kill the comp guys are, are incredibly talented on those trampolines. You know, they can backflip off walls at the same time as blocking and dodging and stuff, you know, but I think that the fusion courts definitely eliminated a lot of that, in the especially in final plays and everything like that it's more just a traditional style of dodgeball with the occasional you know it's a lot of just bouncing off the back wall and then maybe a slight fall and dodge but that's about the most i saw this weekend nothing insane yeah it's funny you mentioned uh the geovinkos because that that's who i was picturing when i was saying you know doing corkscrew double axle barrel roll nonsense like that kind mm -hmm. of stuff 
Um, Nick, do you have anything to contribute to that that you've seen? Well, one of the yeah, one of the major teams uh, last year, the Shooters, they're not back, and one of the major reasons why is because half that team is really good on the old trampolines. Uh, Christian, who last year, uh, I want to say he told somebody that yeah, these trampolines aren't aren't good for our style of play, and I can I can agree with that, and they he. Him, Mikey, and all of them were are really good at dodging by bouncing up on the trampolines and bouncing off the walls on the trampolines. And yeah, the fusion courts just don't allow for that. So, like Mick said, it is a lot more uh, uh, geared towards the floor dodgeball player. Interesting. And I, I did notice uh, this weekend. You know. Um, I did notice people trying to do certain plays like they were on old pads. And I, I, you know, I did, I remember watching one of the awesome games and watching the Juvenkos trying to fall and, and do a couple little things. And in the back of my mind, I was like, Oh, you know, it'd be great if that worked. But you know, I partly felt like that doesn't work on the fusions as much as it did on the old ones. You don't have as much bounce. You don't have as much movement from my personal opinion, playing on it, you know, and, and part of me was like, just play your game, play it. It's almost like we're switching to a tr more traditional style and less of acrobatic movements and trying to be sneaky with little things. You know, they work occasionally, but that's, that's what I took out of this, this weekend playing and seeing all the other teams. So that, that's a difference we, uh, we completely didn't cover. And that was the, the adoption of fusion courts. So can you explain what those are? Um, a fusion court is just, I mean, I don't know the exact, what exactly they are. Nick, you can chime in if you want. Uh, the, I just know the difference between them is it's just more of one single trampoline that's kind of stitched together rather than uh, nine individual trampolines with, with pads separating them in the middle. Um, and the okay. big thing that I got the difference between that is that you have less bounce on the fusion courts than you do on the traditional sky zone trampolines. Gotcha. Okay. And then uh, Paige, did, uh, did that impact your team at all, or did that impact you? Just the, did you even notice? Yeah. Um, it was. I mean, it was my. I didn't have like a lot of reference to go off of, but right. I think for the most part, the women's teams play less uncontrolled. Uh, it's not the right word to use, but um, there's a lot less like flipping and a lot less diving into walls. So for us, it was more like we had the ability to to drop under a ball or to fall on our backs and hop back like right back up and catch a ball. So I don't think it's as big of a, a, um, an asset to have those regular bouncy trampolines. So I think the fusion courts were just fine. Gotcha. It wasn't like impacting your style of play. It, it enhanced it, I think to an extent. Nice. I mean, throwing is obviously more difficult on a bouncy ground, but it's, I don't know. I think I think a lot more people were more comfortable just dropping to catch you know catch balls and stuff. So. Gotcha, yeah. for sure. Cool. Well, let's uh, let's kind of go into day one, I guess, um, for lack of better words. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, Nick, if you can recall, is how many teams were there total uh, for each division? There were twenty-seven open teams and eight total women's division teams. And did all these teams get to play each other round robin, or were they in pools, or what was the format like? Uh, they had three different travel pools, and uh, you played six total round robin games. Is that right, Mick? And then uh, you're guaranteed uh, one match in the bracket going into uh, on day three. So three travel pools. Um, that that's 
like like West region or how was that divvied up? So the pools, the way they worked is uh, if you were in Group A, you got to the park first and you played out uh, three or four of your games and then you went back to the hotel. Mm. And then they bring in Group B, do the same thing, and then Group C. And so, yeah, Thursdays uh, typically are our longest day in UDC because we're churning through all these teams and getting all these uh, games going. Um, but they, yeah, that's how the format was for day one. So you said Thursday. How many days is it? It's four days total. The women do the day two through four, and the open division is through across all four days. Gotcha. Okay, so day one's the uh, the, the three travel pools. No one's going home at that point, right? Correct. Okay. The only time a, a team is eliminated is uh, after Saturday. Everyone knows where they are. Crazy. It's interesting that they bring them in in like pools, and then they just you're just done for the day. Um, there are only two courts at Orland Park. Okay. Um, it's really, it's, it's yeah. It's just going to be. It's going to take a long time to get through 27 teams uh, across two courts. Gotcha. And that's, and, the, that's the reason for the travel pools. And these travel pools, like, are you only playing against teams in your region, or is it like mixed? Like, are you going to get a chance to play against teams you've never played before? Uh. You well, Mick. Can you answer yeah. that? So the travel pools. I don't know how exactly they were based. I think, I think that your standing in the previous year, if you were top eight, might have had an influence in it. And I think it was also randomized. Uh, I know if we were, if you qualified from the same place, like Doom, Crisis, and us, I, we were not put in the same pool. I think they separated teams that were in the same qualifier. Like uh, I know Lisa had a, two people go, and other people had two teams go. So they split it that way, um, but no, we all we played people we've never played before, you know, and it was it was all mixed. Everybody played different teams from different regions. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. It's like it's like you guys have this intense battle, you know, against teams that you you know and play against all the time. Then you go to Chicago and you play against me. You're like, oh, cool, we traveled all the way out here to play the same guys. So it's good to see that there's uh, some variety there. Mm-hmm. Um, Paige, from what you can recall, what was it like for you guys? Um, same thing, like travel pools, or did you guys all get to play against each other, or how'd that work out? We had the eight teams, so we just did a full round robin, so we got to play everyone. Nice. So, it was awesome. That's cool. Yeah. Um, before we get into like the actual teams, um, Nick, what was the total catch prize per division? So 65000 total purse, right? Yes, 65000 total. Uh, so for the women's, it was 15000 <clears throat> 10,000 goes to the winner, 5,000 goes to the second place. And then for the open division, 20,000 goes to the winner, uh, 10,000 goes to second place. And then they split it up, uh, third and fourth get a certain amount, and then fourth through eight get another, the lesser part of the uh, total prize. Man, that's incredible. Getting played to play dodgeball, that's amazing. (laughs) I'm gonna gonna ask you guys what you're gonna do with your money later, but. Don't, don't let me forget to ask that question. Um, so that's cool. What was what was the game format? Was it like um, best two out of three, timed? Um... So the format for round robin is best two out of three, three-minute games, and it's five on five, five balls. Uh, is there like a burden ball or shot, not shot clock, like throw clock or... There is a burden clock, and we start with a ball in the middle and two balls in hand for the teams. It's kind of a strategic start to begin with. Hmm. 
and the team with the highest amount of players at the end of three minutes or eliminates the entire team gets the point. I see. And then for elimination day, Saturday and Sunday, uh, it's best three out of five. Very cool. Um, and and if it's tied after three minutes, then it goes to a no blocking sudden death. Oh man! The first out loses. No blocking too. That sucks. I hate that. <laughs> I hate to do it, but I love watching. It's so funny when people just after the fact, like, oh crap, I can't block him out. Such a great thing to see. Um, well, very cool. I, I did kind of have this breakdown down, like, what team did you notice per day one, per day two? But since there's so much dodgeball going on, um, and I'll just start with um, with you, Paige, um, since you got to play all of them. Were they, what, what teams did you notice were just like on fire or super good? I just that you can recall that stood out in your from your you perspective. Know, the top four teams really, really stood out to me, and um, especially Loft and well, all of them. All of them. Loft, Heir to the Throne, or was Air is it Air? I don't know. I kept thinking we kept there was a rumor going around that Air and Tuda were like combined. So make I don't know if you can comment on that. So I keep saying Heir to the Throne. I don't know if it's Air to the Throne. It's but Air, yeah. um, Mood and Loft were all just really, really stacked teams. They all worked so well together and it was especially playing against Loft, like they <clears> took us to O two right away. And uh, we ended up coming back in the semis, but it, like every single player on all of those teams is, you know, is a threat. So it was good, a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm looking at the uh, the part one of the Tribune recap, and not to dismiss any of these players, but like names that are popping up are you know Crystal Briones, Ashley Cook. Um, I can't pronounce her last name, but Karina Amis- Amesqua. Sorry. Um, Tiffany Pageant, but people like I would I would read about or hear about um, in any event. Um, yeah, I just yeah I just think that the craziest thing that that I can recall is just that that was it four v one on on Angelique. Yeah. Can you? What was that like? <laughs> what was it like? Well, just watching that happen and unfold. You know, every, everyone knows who Angelique is, and everyone expects her to to like you know, make some amazing catches. So it just made it so much sweeter when all four of those outs were kills. Right. And, um, you know, especially for her, like, I mean, that's, that's how we're going to win UDC is this, this 4v1 play and she's going to come out on top. So it was, it was, it was exhilarating. It was great. So I was obviously really late to watching that, that clip, but I'd already seen in Facebook threads all over the place, like Angelique's a monster. She's a legend, a legend of league. Um, just people flipping out over, over whatever she did. And I was like, it sounds like she probably didn't, she didn't like, she must not have done just, ah, I can't talk. She must not have just got one catch. Like it wasn't a clutch. She must've done something phenomenal. And so I'm watching, I, I finally get to see the clip like a couple days ago. And it's 4v1. I'm like, she's not catching anything. She's just taking them all out with her hand. Holy sh... Like, it was just incredible watching that. Yeah. Um, yeah. What, what, what game was that? Or, or was, what, was, what would have happened if she lost? We were up 2-1 at that point. So if we lost, it would have gone to 2-2. And then that last game would have been the deciding point. So, okay. uh, yeah, she won that match and we ended up winning 3-1. So she, she just did you guys a solid, said, hey, you know what? We're not even going to get into that crazy, suspenseful last yeah. game. I'm just going to take care of yeah. it now. Don't worry like, about don't it. Don't worry, guys. I got this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, that's <laughs> awesome. 
that's cool. Um, just looking at the stats here, I was trying to see like where she might have placed, but I don't see her in the top top twenty. Um, looks like she got twenty seven. Oh man! So half her kills for the entire uh, game. Or in the very last was, game was when she needed it the most. That's awesome. <laughs> Do you, uh, Mick, Nick, did you guys, uh, well, Nick, I, I think I want to say you saw it, but uh, did you guys have any commentary on, on what you saw with that? Well, yeah, I was refereeing that game, and um, as she was going through mood, um, we didn't even realize that this was the game to decide it because it was so surprising. We're like, okay, we're going to wait here. We're going to make sure she uh, gets the catch when it comes in. Oh, wait, she just took out. Uh, Karina. Okay, well, it's going to be three on one. Let's see if she pulls in a double catch. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. She just hit out. Yeah, one, two, and then three. Kate was the last blocker. And yeah, and yeah, it was uh, just stunning to watch. <laughs> yeah. I, we were all speechless. Again, it's just like she's almost been typecast. Like we just expect a catch. And so that's what I was doing. I was like, okay, here's going to make a double catch, a triple. Like, what is, what, when is she going to catch something that's going to make people lose their mind? And then. No, she's uh, showing that she's got an arm too, and um, that was awesome. Uh, did you get to watch that, Mick? Did you get to see it? Oh yeah, I, I was right there on the sideline watching it. You know, uh, it was funny too because after day two, I had almost already lost my voice from just screaming in the first six of our round robin games, and the second that happened, I just remember screaming and just somehow my voice came back for a minute, and then it was gone again <laughs> afterwards. But I, it was an amazing play to watch live. God, it must have been so cool to see live. Just the the energy and the people was losing their minds. Um, that's so cool. Um, I'm just I'm going back to to the stats. It looks like Paige, you you led the uh, the division in catches. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I was just trying to see like who else is on here. So we got Lauren Hoffman from Loft, Tiffany Pageant. Uh, is it Azalea? As Azalea Donch? How do you say your name? Azalea. 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 Donche. 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 Yeah. Yeah, Nina Fiore, Samantha Greco. That's um like I said, just I wouldn't I wouldn't expect not to see these, these individuals on here. Um any other plays or teams that maybe uh Nikki might have noticed or, or Mick or actually you guys were were you guys able to watch the women's division? Like it wasn't happening concurrently, right? You said due to the setup it was um open and then women's? Yeah, women's was, uh, the round robin was Friday morning. They started early, I believe. Their first game was 9 o'clock in the morning. Mm. And then the open started again back up, I think, at like 11, 11.30 was the first game. So uh, I know a lot of us, I came out, a lot of my team came out, you know, right at 8.30, 9 o'clock just to watch all the round robin games. So we watched them all. Nice. So what, what did you see um, in terms of like teams that might have stood out or players just overall? Um. I mean, definitely I was watching air a lot, you know, cause the, that has crystal and Amy, the two, you know, two of the girls that started with us at sky zone, you know, three, four years ago. Um, they had a lot of great plays, you know, and I was helping, you know, support them. I was taking stats for them for most of their games. Um, outside of that, I know fierce had a good, good leg on some of their games. Um, they had some strong arms, you know, Emmy and cat were definitely holding down corners pretty well, but, um, uh, you know, for the most part, I spent a lot of my time just watching air just to kind of support them and make sure that they got as far as they could. Awesome. And uh, how about you, Nick? What did you witness um, with that division just overall? 
I mean, overall, the, the division itself, they're incredible players, but they're also very strategic. And a lot of these games went to three minutes, uh, as opposed to the open division where all the guys are just bang, 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 bang. Let's get rid of these the other guys as quick as we can. The women's team were, were just trading blows left and right, but they were very strategic. It was more of a chess match. And so uh, we did get behind schedule about, I don't know, 20, 30 minutes. Uh, but uh, all these women were were killing it out there. And, uh, yeah, the, the Wildlings were also a, a really good team to watch. Savannah Burton was killing people left and right. Um, yeah, if you look at those stats, you can see who's, uh, who's really up there. I mean, Rolina and Ashley, of course. Uh, they were just, uh, they were killing it. I, I enjoyed watching them as much as uh, I enjoyed refing. I'm just um, just checking out the stats here, and th there's some names I don't recognize. I wonder if they're just like strictly trampoline, or if they're in different regions. But pretty much like the same. Actually, I see. Uh, yeah, Savannah Burton. You mentioned from Wildlands, 21 kills. Good lord. Um, do you does she play elite? Do you know? Do you guys know by chance? No, she's from Canada. Oh okay. yeah. Oh, oh, that's awesome! The Canada that and the Wildlings. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, very cool. Let me see if I have any other questions for. Looks like, um, yeah, I think it was released today, but the the Tribune released part one of the women's recap, and it looks like it's pretty thorough. But it just echoes a lot of what we kind of talked about already. Um, were there any other like crazy breakout plays that you guys can recall? Um, that would even come close to comparing to what um, Angelique's game yeah. finisher did? Yeah, yeah. So in the game, um, Mood versus Heir to the Throne, so they got down to the, the two and two, and Brianna was, well, how many How many people were against Brianna? Was it the the catch that she made? Yeah, it was, it was three, three, it was three one, right? It was 3-3, three, three. it was sudden death. It was a 3-3 three, three sudden death, nice. and... Uh, oh. Uh, they yes. they had gotten all balls. Yes, were, so finish, finish room there. <clears throat> no, yeah, no, no. Help me, help me. I'm I'm too excited right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good. That was a very insane play, especially watching that live and how it, everything just stops. You know, it was uh, three three sudden death. Mood has Brianna London, um, Kate, Kate, and God, Karina. Was it Karina? No, I don't think it was Karina. Uh, but then, uh, and Azalea, that's correct. Yeah. Justine Mon Moncur, is this what this is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Justine, uh, Tiffany, and Nina were in for Heir to the Throne. So it's sudden death, so you start it like you start a regular game. Two balls in hand, one ball in the middle. Mood throws two of their balls at Tiffany. They miss. And so ends up with Air having all five balls in sudden death. They decide to throw at Brianna, and the uh, two Portland ladies miss high on Brianna, and then Justine follows up with a, another throw, and Brianna gobbles it up and brings it down. Which I found it interesting that they they decided to throw at Brianna because she's one of the most like notorious catchers in dodgeball in in every single ball type. So I found that interesting. I think I think their their position on the court. I think because. 
a lot of the balls were on the left side. And I think they just somehow Nina, I remember Nina and Justine were on the left side and I think they were just already set on throwing. Okay. And I, and I know Tiffany came from the right side. You know, it, it would have been a different game if they had chosen someone else, I think. Yeah. That's awesome. Interesting. So 5v1, sudden death. You just need to make one out. You got to catch one ball. Don't make the mistake. And, and she did it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I was going to read this real quick. So the momentum had shifted back to Air to the Throne's side. Amud made another mistake by giving up all their balls. Air zero, zeroed in on London. Um, and as you guys were saying, like, yeah, the first multi-throw was off target. Um, and then it looks like she jumped up and gobbled it. So was she, like, crouched and just popped up and grabbed it? Or I got to watch this, like, figure out how, how it went down. But do you remember? Yeah. Yeah, so she they threw one. Uh, I can't remember if she d- dodged low for it, but I know they threw high, so it put her at a low position. And she came straight up, and Justine's ball came first. Uh, and it was, I don't know if they didn't communicate or something happened, but her ball came first and went straight into her pocket when she jumped up into it. Oh, and then it was followed by two additional throws, but what they weren't successful in time. And it didn't matter at that point. Mm-hmm. God, that sucks for Justine. That's awesome for Brianna. And it's probably so so cool to watch. Um Man, sudden death. That that's incredible. Talk about pressure. Um I think this is a picture of her. If, if I'm referencing the, the Tribune article again, mm-hmm. just like there's a picture of her just like looking just completely like she's gonna rip that ball in half. Yep. Out of excitement. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure it was two V two in that moment as well. I think that was a, a final closer to say who goes to the next day. Yeah, that was that was the, yeah. the play that ended it. That was game five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everybody you know, the catch was made and everybody just went crazy on everything that happened right there. God, it's awesome. I can almost, almost pick up on the excitement, just post fact. <laughs> I got to go next time, if anything, just to watch. Um, that's so cool. Um, any other huge plays that either of you guys can remember from the women's division that might have come close to those two? No, no, not close. Not close to those two. Just like, yeah. hey, that was we cool. But... Plays, but nothing even compares with those two. Gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Well, the good thing is, like, we can all watch this um, on the replays and on on ESPN and all that stuff. So um, let's go ahead and move into to open. It's probably gonna be a little bit more difficult to recap, but uh, starting with you, Mick. Uh, any teams or players that stood out um, that you can recall just from your your perspective? Um, teams that we played stood out. Uh, I think one of our this is towards closer towards our, our top eight matches. Uh, you know, we, we, we can't, we kind of talked to these guys a little bit after the game too. And they were, they were really cool with us. We played the kill the comp guys. Um, they were, they were a little bit of a difficult team to kind of manage and kind of understand what they were doing on the court. Cause they are, they're all young and they're reckless. So they definitely gave up balls a lot, but it, I think that almost threw off our play strategy a bit, you know, when they're coming at us so fast and putting us in a weird position, that those guys were all maneuverable on the courts. They all understood how to play on trampolines. And I think they were similar to us because we grew up on trampolines and they primarily only play trampolines. Well, wow. so I think that was a, that was definitely a team that stood out to me playing against them. Um, but everybody else, you know, you know, besides doom, we, I don't think we had ever played any of the other teams going in. I, I know Trey and Daniel had, I know going into our tune squad game, we were definitely trying to figure out how their play style was. Cause I had never played against them before. Um, but for the most part, it was kind of all new, seeing how everybody played a, a totally different game style. Very cool. Um, 
you just look at these stats real quick. So I wanted to mention uh, someone who I was not expecting to get blown up on Facebook was uh, Daniel Ariano. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's, he, he's he, a monster. Is he the, the the minor league pitcher? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I'm not gonna say I'm gonna eat my words just yet, but I made the comment um, to Alan where. Uh, when I first saw him throwing, I saw a lot of potential, but he was throwing so, and this is for 8.5, this is like, he was throwing wild and high. And it just made, made it come like, oh, okay, there's nothing to worry about here. And then uh, during re- um, round three, it seemed like he was starting to aim. And I was like, okay, that's not cool. And uh, I, I think you can hear that in the, in the recap. But um, so I was not expecting, not, not to take away anything from him, but I was not expecting him to be a, a big um, no sting player. Um, has that always been the case? Like, am I just not, not not following correctly, or where where did he come from? He's actually uh, he started out at Sky High Sports. So when I <clears throat> worked for Sky High, I opened the location in Ontario, uh, California, and that's like in the Inland Empire. So we got a lot of kids from Corona and Riverside that come up and play. And Daniel, I think that's where uh, he's from, Corona or something like that. But he's I don't know where he lives now, but he's. Uh, was playing that, and I brought no sting balls in to Sky High Sports to to have the play with the uh, dodgeball with, and they got used to it. And I think that's what he started playing with. But aside from the foam balls and the cloth balls that we played with at at Sky High, uh, when I brought the no sting balls in, that's their first time they actually played with them. But this was like you know years ago, right? In 2012. So he's been playing for a while. Okay. And yeah. So 8.5 elite, like that's more of a, a new thing for him. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, that's fair to say. Okay. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, um, it's kind of goes to you, Mick. So, so what happened? Like, what what did he do that was just so phenomenal? Was he just like on fire that day, or was this like normal Daniel? Or can you kind of break that down a little bit? You know, I mean, I I spent a lot of time watching a lot of Team Black videos and 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 seeing how they played before and their chemistry on court and like, you know, a lot of my when I come onto a court and I try and get a team to go, you know, and I want all those communicate, it's, it's all about our communication. And I felt like there were certain things that they needed to work on certain things. We all, we all need to work on as players. And I think definitely practicing over the last year with them has increased all of our game and all of us to work together and communicate. And I think that day specifically something triggered in his brain and he just went off. And like, I've seen him go off before and I've seen him play in practices, but when he's in tournament mode, it's something completely different, you know, and it's, it's something that even in games where I was just playing with him, we played, uh, what was the team? I can't remember the team. We, we, we played a game into, it was our final round Robin game. I can't remember the name, but we played them on Friday. And basically I remember he just hit one, a ball comes back. I give it back to me. It's two. And I just yelled at everybody. I was like, stop. And I just said, Daniel go. And he just took out all four guys back to back, you know? And I was just like, Game over. All right, let's get off. Was and it was just squad? no. It wasn't Toon Squad. It was our last game on British Bulldogs. No British Bulldogs. It could have been Soldiers. No, it wasn't Soldiers. They had the blue jerseys. Oh, uh, I can't remember the name. I'd have to look it up and remember it off of our bracket. But it was our last game on. No, not Metahumans. <clears throat> they weren't in our pool. I'll think of it later and figure it out. But. We played that game, and the, you know that was that was definitely a, it was our last round robin game, and that was the game for me to kind of see what was going into the rest of the weekend for Saturday and Sunday, because that you know 
pooled us where I knew we only had one game on Saturday because the top five teams only had to play one game Saturday and then everybody else had to play two to go into um, top eight. And I just was like, I, I just knew that he wasn't going to change. That whole weekend was just going to go smoothly for him. He was just on. Um, yeah. Good of you to recognize that because sometimes like a player will, I won't say will break discipline, but they'll just go on this crazy kill streak and um, sometimes you just got to let them run with that. You just got to go with the hot hand and just, and just let them unload. Um, I got to watch, I got to go back and watch a lot of these games and just find out. Um, I mean, I made a little little highlight reel of our team too. So if you get a chance oh, to watch perfect. that, you'll see Daniel uh, just has back to back to back. And the good thing about him is, you know, you see players that get a hot streak and they, 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 they're, mental game gets too heated you know and they they start to push it too much with him it's just like he's extremely calm and he understands what's going on and that was what's that's how i knew that everything was smooth for the rest of the weekend just because he wasn't going off the rails he was just hitting and then boom it was over that's awesome so it's controlled chaos kind of or maybe not chaos but uh i wonder if i wonder if his uh baseball background has anything to do with that um i think so yeah I'll i'll have to pick his brain one of these days um, what was it like uh, playing against Crisis? Um, and I mentioned that because that, that was um, I was expecting no offense uh, the, the finals to be Doom against Crisis so do you remember watching them play? Um, well it's funny uh, I want our teammate Alan uh, I remember we were talking months ago and we just were just joking about the top 8 and he the first thing he said he said Doom Crisis in the finals and we all just stopped and we're like okay cool noted <laughs> and then he went oh wait i forgot because he didn't re- we we i mean still we didn't ex- we didn't understand that we were actually going to chicago and actually going to make it you know so it's funny that that definitely doom crisis final was in the back of our mind but i think a big help to us was was our pool i think our our travel pool was helpful for us and who we played in the bracket and how everything played out because our seating we would have had a completely different Saturday and Sunday if we had won the coin cost the the coin toss because we we basically tied for first place with crisis and they ended up winning the coin toss which put them in the left bracket to play brick squad to play doom oh I see uh, you know it was all it was doom brick squad and crisis on the left side of the bracket and our right side was uh, awesome which had a very unfortunate you know they lost their game to dynasty dynasty yeah yeah so that that was the big team we were looking you know between dynasty and, and awesome we were definitely worried about that in our bracket um but watching crisis play you know i i talked to andrew ketchum a lot and i talked to all those guys and brody and and they're all really good friends of mine and i think some of their abilities didn't shine as well as they thought it would on the court i think they let themselves make some dumb mistakes that cost them ultimately in the end, you know, and I think that that's something that they, you know, as smart players will watch their videos back and understand where they made mistakes. And I think that can only make them better for next year. Gotcha. Um, going back real quick, you said, unfortunately team awesome lost. Um, can you explain what happened there? Yeah, it was uh, dynasty versus awesome. And I remember I was on the side with a uh, awesome I think it went to a 2-2. I'm pretty sure it was the final fifth game. And uh, it was four on four or four on three. I don't remember the exact. But I know when it came down to the wire where they were going to go either into sudden death or take the win, a ball went off the court and the ball got rolled in. uh, in, And I think it was, was it Matt or or Drew? Drew. 
it was Drew. Drew on the right side was reaching for the ball, which was on the middle pad, but he looked up because someone pump faked him. And when he reached and looked down, the ball was on the opposite side and he had crossed the line, which eliminated his player. Uh, and that just threw everybody's mental off because they, I think that uh, Dynasty still had four, so they had to take out one person to go to sudden death with like 20 seconds left on the clock. And that just, Dynasty just took well advantage of that and they just sniped out Zelensky. They sniped out, uh, you know, they have Matt Giovinko. And there was one person left on Awesome and it was just time and they won. That's you a bummer. Know, I think that was a very unfortunate game to see how to lose that way. Yeah, I'll say. Um, all right, so when um, when Crisis got eliminated, so you guys basically had to face Doom. That was like the – let me back up. I'm trying to think real quick. Um, mm -hmm. So I want to say, like, like, was it a relief that you guys didn't have to play Crisis? I don't want to stay on them too much, but yeah. – so yeah, uh, I mean we're really good friends with with them, and we were either excited to you know because we had beat Doom three zero in the qualifier, so we we confidently knew that we could take them again. Right. You know I, that was definitely a good for us, and going against Crisis in the finals was definitely going to be a much more challenging play for us. I said I think one being friends with those guys is definitely you know it's hard for us to kind of you got to eliminate everything off the court. You just got to play as hard as you can. And being such close friends with them, I think would affect some of our mental game, especially, you know, myself and Xander, you know, Xander and Ketchum are, are really good friends. So it, it was very, I mean, I was devastated to see them leave so quickly, but I was also very glad that it meant that we didn't have to play them in the finals. It took like a mental, mental pressure off you guys a little bit, maybe. Yeah. It, it, it almost secured our spot into the top two that, that, but that's how I felt after them, them going, you know, and, and didn't want to jinx at the front, but, you know, giving us like a 65% chance of taking the whole thing. That's where I was feeling at that point. Gotcha. Um, what's it like being the team that took out doom? I mean, they were fixing on their sixth championship. Is that correct? I think so. Yeah. So what's I it like? They won. Um, you know, I think, a lot of the West Coast players, you know, they're, they're, there's a lot of support for them and a lot of support for us now because, you know, coming into this all, all last year, nobody really knew who we were until, the, you know, the Tribune Tournament was a big turning for us, especially for people to try and get to know us, you know. Um, and I think, you know, practicing every week and just learning how they play, you know, definitely helped us. Um, and I think... For me, going into the finals and, and eliminating them and taking the championship, that was kind of our goal from the, the get-go, just to show that, you know, you can dethrone people. You can you can be a team that just starts and works as hard as they can to get to somewhere and take out the best of the best, you know. That's why we're still almost, you know, not fully there at the understanding that we beat them because it is a hard concept to understand. You know, a team that wins six times wins for a reason. You know, or five, they won five times. They won for a reason because they were talented at what they did. And I think that we just took advantage of, of being young and understanding the sport and trying to play our hardest, and we worked for it. And I think that was a, a big accomplishment for us, and it, it hopefully meant a lot to everybody else to understand that other teams can take the whole championship. Yeah, I mean, it's we talk about, like, Doom's dynasty, and they're just, they're just dominating everything, and... Uh, I don't want to say like it's a domino effect, but who knows? Maybe this could be that little spark that some teams might need to get past that mental barrier of like, oh crap, we're playing against Doom, we're going to lose. 
I'm sure some teams might have that that feeling or mentality, but um, that's an incredible feat. Um, Nick we used Kate, to have that mentality when we when we did the Van Ice qualifiers. We used to think that all the time, and now I, we don't think that anymore. What uh, did that change after the tournament, or did you just like you said you kind of just decided you're going to play play dodgeball and see how it goes? That mentality, did that change. I think yeah. it changed. Um, <clears throat> it changed. It kind of slowly dwindled away over the last year you know after playing elite with these guys and playing all these different little tournaments here and there seeing what we're capable of and what everybody's you know from when we first started i met tony and micah and 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 alan on the courts at sky zone you know i think from those guys to where they are now is 100 times different you know their play style their mental ability on the court understanding how to control balls you know and i Brittany said it well on the stream too you know um, you know, we played a lot with Glenn uh, this year in Elite, and it's definitely taught us to kind of be more coordinated and, and be calmer on the court and understand. And I think that the, I don't think there was one day that just got that away from us. I think that was just kind of over time we all got rid of that fear. Very cool. Well, um, Paige, did you have a chance to, to watch um, any of the open division? Any of the open? Right. Or co um, Yeah. I. I watched what i could for sure it's fun to see your friends play any uh any team the players that that stood out from your your memory that you can speak to just overall well we already talked about him but daniel on to the just um i've seen him play foam before and he's played really i think it was foam could be wrong um but he i mean he was very good he's very very like not someone you would expect to be able to take out loads of people in one game but he really impressed me. I was blown away by him. So it was a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, it sounds like he really um, stole the show, so to speak. Um, yeah, absolutely. How about you, Nick? What did you see? I mean, yeah, ditto with Daniel. He's amazing. I played with him on a, a 2v2 for a USA Dodgeball charity tournament. We actually were the last seed going into single elimination rounds. And then we just proceeded to, um, actually he did, go through the entire the bracket and just tear through everybody, and we ended up winning that. So he, he's a really good player. And uh, I'm looking at the stats. Uh, I mean, Ryan with Inferno, Ryan McLaughlin, he's an Australian player. Uh, he deserves some big ups because he's, uh, he came all the way up from Australia wow. to play with a Canadian team. Um, Mark Zizrafi's, uh Canadian team, and uh, they they were doing pretty good throughout the round robin. I felt they were playing well. Uh, Ryan's got like at the end of the uh, all the complete stats, he's second in catches, tied for second. And um, yeah, uh, a couple of other players, Kyle Sander from um, what team was he on? Uh, Meta Humans. Oh yeah, Meta Humans. He was uh was really he did really well playing against their round robin game uh, against doom um he's another player that stood out uh well this is there oh sean wheeler from brick squad he led that team really well they played crisis um exactly how they wanted to and and broke them down and um ended up winning their their top eight they were the eighth seed going into top eight and they actually took down Crisis, the number one seed. Oh wow! Um, yeah, and and it was all all strategy on their part. The 
and Sean's um, uh, leadership was uh, a really big part of that. Sean had some great counters in that game. I definitely, he, he played a big role in that game. Sean Wheeler, is he from, where's he from? Anybody know? He's from Georgia. Georgia. Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Huh. He plays a uh, brick squad on the East Coast. Okay. Very cool. Um, just like I'm looking at the uh, co-ed round robin team stats and Doom's on top, Aftershock, Crisis, Kill the Comp, ABC. Um, ABC, you said that was that team from Missouri? Yeah, they're, uh, they're a team based out of L.A., but they fly out to Lee Summit, Missouri to get the bid. Uh, they did that last year. They did it again this year. Yeah, I know I know uh, Nate Evans from that team, so that's one person because he's from, from Arizona. I think he led one stat in catching. I don't know if that was round robin. Let's try mm -hmm. to see if, um, if I can pull which, which day that was. <clears throat> and then uh, moving to overall stats, uh, I just had it. Oh, one more thing. Billy Schmidt on uh, Goon Squad. They had uh, four players. Mm -hmm. So that was pretty much Billy and three other guys. And uh, <laughs> yeah, they were the only stats. team. They were the only team to take a game off us in round robin. Wow. Yeah, and they had four players. <laughs> um, that sucks. I wonder what happened to their fifth player. But does Billy adopt to the trampoline? Well, is it like watching a giraffe play dodgeball on a trampoline, or does, is he pretty? Like, what's? Do you guys know what that's yeah. what's like? He seems just, fine on the fusion courts. I mean, and he didn't seem like he had that much of a problem. Just regular, just regular Billy. His, just look at his kills. He's tied for first. Yeah. He played. He played really well. Round Robin. I think with a fifth strong person on that team, they could have. Uh, they could have gone a lot farther. Might have been like the um, the edge they might have need needed. Yeah. <clears throat> um, let me see here. Oh, total kills. Yeah, he took seventh overall. I think in, in total kills. That seems about right. Um, I don't think I had too much. Um, aside from Daniel, was there anybody else that might have? Uh, I don't say stole the show. That sounds so um, cliche. But um, any other like crazy plays um, to look out for 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 highlights or that any of you guys might have picked up on? Um. I'm not, I don't. I don't remember anything that stood out. I just got. I got to give a shout out to my teammate Alan. Um, you know, going into every single game, I think he let that middle ball up maybe like twice out of the whole tournament. You know, I. I he was our center rusher every single game, and I think that giving us that edge of him rushing that ball and taking it from every single person put a lot of intimidation on some teams, and especially in our Doom finals, the first rush ish stopped going for the ball after our first game. Wow. You know? And I think that was very helpful for us. That's saying a lot. Mm -hmm. um, that's pretty cool. So are, you're sprinting on a trampoline. Pretty, it's like a different type of running. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there were there were a few games where he got either pulled over the line or uh, went over the line because it was a lot different from our qualifier, which has the big orange pad in the middle where you can use to stop yourself. There's nothing to stop yourself. You either fight for that ball and get ripped over or you slide over and get called out. Very cool. Um, well, I do want to go back and ask you one question, Mick, and we kind of headed towards it uh, later. What are you going to do with uh, the, the prize money that you won? Are there any plans specifically, or are you just happy um, to have it? Me specifically? Yep. Uh, I, I 
Probably. I mean, the first thing I did was pay off all my credit cards. Oh, nice. That was that was definitely one thing I did. Uh, and then with a little bit of extra cash, I just bought some. I, I do music on the side, so I bought some musical instruments and whatever's left. I'm just kind of saving. Nothing, nothing too crazy right now. Pay. I pay for my my flights to nationals, so there I did go. that too. Awesome. Did you ever think you were going to get paid one day, lots of money to play dodgeball? Did you ever see that happening? I, I was just hanging out with Micah yesterday and every time I see everyone the first thing I go I just say I was like we, I just look at them I say we made $20,000 playing dodgeball and like I remember I remember walking around with my USA shirt the other day and I was just like somebody asked me oh dodgeball and I was like yeah it's a real sport and they're like oh wow you know now I can be like yeah you know we made money actually doing it so it's 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 good to have that in your in your pocket you know if someone does if someone questions it because yeah. i've had a lot of people like think it's just you know still a joke but i am um, cool i don't know how this got brought up and i, I mentioned it during the wda w- recap as well but i was in uh, a room with some of my um sergeants talking and somehow dodgeball got brought up and i was like oh yeah um <clears throat> there's a tournament right now going on for $65,000 and it's going to be televised and they're just like jaws dropped they're like what like it went from haha like the movie to holy crap I want to play now and it's it's cool to have that uh, like you said that in your pocket be like yeah like people are making money playing dodgeball um, granted you have to go through a lot of work to do so but it's there and um, going back to the branding and all the content that's going to be released and is, has been released um, it just it adds to our arsenal of take this crap seriously now it's it's a uh, it's time. <clears throat> um, I want to ask you, Paige, um, what's it like being the first ever um, women's division champion on the on the team and setting that precedent? It's, you know, it's still kind of sinking in. I think because this is the first women's division that it's kind of like we haven't experienced what it's like to lose yet, I guess. So it's not like... I don't know. It's not like something we've been waiting for. It's just kind of, it happened. And now we're like, Oh, what do we do now? Why do we react to it? So it's not like where you go through six years of not winning an elite round. And then you finally win when you're like, Oh, shit. like I know what this is like now. So um, it's all, it's all a new feeling, I think. And I think next year the competition is going to be even better. So I'm really looking forward to that as well. I hope next year there's another women's division. I, I, I would be hard pressed to think there wouldn't be. Um, well, you know, I understand from a financial aspect, like if you don't have enough interest to to pull women into qualifiers and to, you know, regional, you know, sky zones like that, is it is it lucrative to continue like paying these players out like a prize money? So I get it if there's not, but I really hope there is. Yeah, that's, that's actually a really good point. Um, I, I just mostly meant from any other uh, women players that are watching and, and seeing this happen and be like, hey, I want to be on that that cover page I want to be in that featurette I want to be interviewed and, and stuff like that so I think um, on multiple levels it's awesome that this is being pioneered that way and, and you guys took first and that's just uh, it's an incredible um, thing to set for future tournaments um, and just as I asked Mick uh, what, what do you plan on doing with your prize money? It's going right back into dodgeball like I think there's <laughs> another four or five tournaments already scheduled in to go through the rest of the year, all in LA. Thank you. Um, so I'm flying out to LA a lot for tournaments and all that jazz. So pretty much all going right back into the sport. Awesome. Ah, you're doing so good on, on watching the swear words too. I was just about to comment too. And I was like, Hey, you know, what? you've been doing really well, but then you blew it. So, but to be fair, it's been 
pretty lengthy interview, so I forgive you. Wait, what? Oh, you said the what? A word. But uh, I said what? <laughs> you said the A word. How dare you? Oh, please. That's not a bad word. <laughs> That's all good. Um, <laughs> want to dive into the... You, you said the S word in the very, very... Like the first sentence of the freaking interview. Part of why I took that out. So I had to redo it. I was like, <laughs> why are you starting this thing off cussing? That's not your style, man. But... Uh, Get me off the X here. Um, I want to move into the crowdsource questions real quick. Um, some of these are for you, Mick. And um, Michael Coyve asked, uh, did you feel like you had an edge playing Doom, having already beat them at the qualifier? And uh, what did you think when Crisis lost? So we kind of covered the Crisis aspect, but um, did you want to address um, the Doom question? Um, yeah, uh, to answer Michael's question, um, I think we definitely did have an edge after beating the qualifier. I know that um, going into it, that was one of the first things we said in the huddle was, you know, I, I, so as a captain, I I, uh, I chose not to play any of the final games, and I played the five that did the qualifier and beat them 3-0, and I just trusted that they could do it again, you know, and I remember being in the huddle and saying that they did that once, so just repeat it, you know, and that was pretty much the, the main concept going into that final game. So, yeah. Awesome. Um, and then for you, Paige, uh, he'd asked, um, you got less games than the guys and only the top two paid out. Uh, did you feel it was fair? Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we already kind of went over that a little bit just because they weren't holding regionals or qualifiers for women, so they didn't get that revenue from... From the women's matches in the first place so I feel really fortunate actually that we had a women's division to start with that we got to play a full round robin with you know our only eight teams we had half the the teams that the guys had right less than half yeah yeah right? well eight you had 10 teams at versus 27 I think it was yeah like it's yeah. it's a big difference so we got paid 10,000 for the winning team and men's got 20 for the for the winning team so it's like I, I feel really fortunate I don't feel slighted at all i think we got um i think we got really lucky with it and i hope we put on a good enough show to keep doing it so yeah it would definitely be a different story if you guys produced 27 teams and went through the same motions as um as the yeah. open so right yeah so no i, I think that was totally fair <laughs> nice try Coive. nice try um <laughs> <laughs> just kidding um orlando hikuchiya or as we all know and love him as hooch um he asked you mick what are your initial thoughts in the championship match against doom uh, when you realize you're about to pull it off. So maybe at that point, you guys kind of had a feeling you're going to win. How was What was that like? You know, um, I didn't go in knowing we were going to win. I knew that, uh, you know, they had a lot of experience, in, you know, just playing in general after winning five times. They had a lot of experience playing with us and learning how we play. Um, so I went in with hopes to win and to believe in my team and understand that that, you know, I've, you know, they've all adapted and they can all adapt to situations that happen. You know, I think there were some mistakes that happened on the court during the games, you know, and I remember yelling out at certain plays and every time if we did lose a game, because it went to the, it went to 2-2. Two -two, so it was the final game, you know, at the very end it was Nate versus, uh, I believe it was Allen and Travion. Um, and I just remember just yelling from the sidelines so many different things just trying to get people you know whether they hear me or not that's not the point it's just to you know if they hear a certain thing and then they play a certain way and you know i think it all just kind of came into into flourishing and and 
worked out in the end. It's funny you mentioned that because I'll, I'll do the same thing and I'm sure everyone does the yelling if they're out or if they're sitting out and it's like, they probably don't hear me, but I'm going to yell anyway. And it's just as probably as effective as yelling at the TV when, uh, I think some of my guys need it though. Sometimes they, you know, they are a little wild, you know, and they like to, to go off sometimes. So it's definitely to, to, to scream at them and, and have them calm down. They do the same thing to me when I do something stupid. So that's kind of our little thing, you know? Fair enough. Yeah. Some people might be receptive or need it. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a rapid question and we'll start with you, Mick. Um, and this is kind of a gimme, but, um, do you feel like the quality of the tournament gets better each year and, um, what do you envision or predict for the future of UDC? And this was from uh, Joe Martinez. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, this being my first official year here, after watching the streams and 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 the play style over the years, I think it does get better every year. Uh, I think with the addition of the burden, you know, uh, burning a ball or whatever the rule is called, but you can't waste the ball. Um, I think the uh, quality of refs improved tremendously. I think the communication between the refs was tremendous. I think the ability for refs to communicate, you know, to the players on, on how everything went increased tremendously this year. I, you know, Nick said earlier, there was only one yellow card, which to be honest, going into this, I would have expected at least 10. Yeah. You know, I feel like I would have seen a lot more of that. And I think, I think that goes to show players understood maybe a little bit more, or maybe they were taught a little more in the captain's meetings that, this is serious now and you know we are we have a huge audience watching there's a lot of people who are gonna take this sport seriously and as players we also have you know we have to uphold that you know i think that that was a big influence for us as well so i think yes it improves every year tremendously and i think for the future i mean if we could repeat the only things that would I think could be different, you know, if it was possible would be either replays from cameras or any kind of little little things that, that would, you know, if you like you see in, you know, any professional sport, you see like a quick instant replay or a quick little thing of that, you know, because it is it is a very hard sport to ref, you know, and that's why I give props to all those refs. Um, but that's that's pretty much like the only thing that I could see being different. Everything else was was great this year. So now it's like those little fine fine tweaks adjustments add-ons that we can can throw in there yeah very cool um Peyton, i'm not sure if this would apply to you but what are your thoughts on that one or do you feel like you're you're so new I to mean, it you said you said my name right yeah yep okay i mean it, it was it was run so well and especially i want to hit on the refing again it was awful no i'm kidding i'm kidding it was really good <laughs> <laughs> Big middle finger from Nick. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, it was it was so good that those are. I mean, that's a standard that I hope not just UDC, but you know, more dodgeball is held to that standard because it's so hard to see everything with two refs. No matter how trained you are, like it's so hard to kind of see everything from you know, unless you can like split your vision both ways. So having six reps on the court was just God. It made it so easy. So I really hope that. UDC continues to do that as well as other um, other leagues. Definitely, yeah. It's uh, roughing's tough. I mean, I've been playing and roughing for a very long time, and I, I hate to admit it, but I'll be very questionable about some things I call. It's like, man, this is a uh, it's a tough thing. So, speaking of of roughing and and whatnot, I do want to ask you though, uh, Nick. I mean, you probably you're probably best to ask this one, but what are your thoughts on on Joe's questions? Um, do you feel like the quality of the tournament gets better each year? And what do you think is going to come in the future? What do you predict? Well, yeah, definitely. This the quality of this 
tournament gets better every year because they look at past mistakes, they look at what they've done in the past and what worked and what didn't work, and they, they're already working to improve it in the future. So one of the first things that we uh, <clears throat> talked to, we saw Jamie after the tournament at the hotel, and she said, how did you, how did you think this tournament went for you guys? Was it well? You guys, we got a lot of great feedback. You guys did so well. And then she asked us straight up, would you guys think that replay would be a viable option for next year? Nice. So we said, yeah, absolutely. You just have to have the same camera setup that you have for each court. If you're only running the two courts, it's easy to do. And um, yeah, it, 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 this could be something that you could see in the future. So uh, they're always working to improve the game and improve the tournament. Uh, because it is their product, it is their commercial for SkyZone that they get to put out every year. And they're putting a lot of money into this, so they want to make sure it's uh, one of the best things they they could do, and one of the best things for dodgeball. That is awesome to hear. Um, a lot of comments on that, but I might save that for the, uh, the next episode, but that's great. I'm glad to hear that they're already asking for feedback, ready to incorporate and implement it, and just trying to improve, so that's, that's phenomenal. Um, but when I said I want to go back to uh, the officiating, why, why do you do this? Like, wh- what do you get out of refing something this crazy and intense? Well, I mean, going going into this last year, I wanted to make sure because I kind of feel that like sometimes the teams feel they get cheated out of stuff because of the refing, because of uh, bad calls or whatever. And um, I really wanted to start doing this because this. Uh, is a chance for me to change the sport and a chance for me to make the sport better. And um, I always want to make sure that we get uh, good officials in there. Uh, like Paige said, we had at least six people per court. And so that means when we drop down to one court, we have at least 12. Uh, so during those top eight matches, we had 10 refs. And I was talking to Alan uh, today because, I mean, um, if you go back to the World Cup, even during those finals matches, they had two refs. It's really rough because in WDBF in Toronto last year, they had at least, I think they had four, maybe six refs for those final games, the games that really count when it, when you're going for medals. And it's really frustrating to hear when a tournament says, oh yeah, we had the two refs and they were they did well. You're like, two refs, you have so much staff there, how can you not ref, put more refs on the court when the game is like, you know, Big games are on the line. Yeah, it's high stakes. And so, uh, when these controversial call came, calls came up during the top eight, during finals, we would all come together. Uh, the addition of the radios really helped, and uh, you get to speak to whoever saw the play, and you you actually hear about four or five different uh, opinions on what exactly happened and what they saw. So, as a head official, it's really nice to hear that um, people. Uh, that that people had a really good eye on it and what exactly happened and then you can make your decision from there and uh, so I, I feel like it's only going to get better from here on out if, even if we if we do add instant replay it's going to be even better For sure. I, I wanted to chime in I think you guys definitely set a precedent for everybody else in every other league and every other person trying to run dodgeball or run a dodgeball tournament I think that like I don't know about you guys, but I'm tired of seeing people just constantly pointing and, and screaming at each other on the court. You know, it's it's unnecessary. And I think that it just makes it look like a joke almost sometimes. You know, if, if that's if there are 10 official refs there for a reason, let them do their job. And I think you guys did a great job, 
you know, calling plays this whole weekend. And even when it was a close ball, whether it was a reset or whether you called them out, you know, I, I think you guys did phenomenally with that. And I think everybody needs to learn from that and understand there are refs and there are players and that everybody needs to understand that. Yeah. I, First of all, anytime I have to ref with one other person, it, and it's no offense to the other person, but two feels like I'm I'm risking it. Like that's if, even just for like a regular game. So seeing uh, six refs and knowing that they're not playing, they have like their 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 job is to ref is always um, it's just a good thing to a standard to set. But I really like what you said, Nick, about um, you want to be part of that change instead of like complaining and and, and about the uh, the refs. Like you're actually doing something about it. So that's awesome. A um, little masochistic, but awesome. Um, Joe also asked, um, and I think I can, I think we can collectively agree. If Elite Dodgeball National Championships had a similar production to that of UDC, do you think it would gain more or less viewership and respect for the sport? I, I say yes. I, I think that's a simple yes. It would. Um, I imagine you guys agree. Feel free to speak otherwise. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, I think it, need, it needs that. Right, it's like a, maybe it's like a wishful thinking kind of question. Um, but moving on, um, I just I wanted to go ahead and wrap it up with any last minute thoughts or, or shout outs or um, post UDC plans that you guys may have, and we can start with you, Paige. Oh my God. Ha, on the spot, immediately. <laughs> <laughs> no warning, uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I think, um, no, I mean, I, I just, again, like I was blown away by the, by the roughing and by everyone playing and like you said it's like there were no pointing fingers maybe a couple fingers were pointed but overall it was it was really you trusted the reps just because there were so many eyes watching and i so so appreciated that because i felt like we could actually play without worrying about like is this team cheating or like you know how are they getting around the rules how are they bending the rules so i really really appreciated all the refing. it was awesome for sure how about you, make Final thoughts? Uh, I mean, yeah, I'll chime in on the refing again. It definitely was very helpful for us going in, you know, and I think there's been a lot of tournaments where players will come up to a ref before and, you know, just reiterate certain things, and I think that right off the bat, they, uh, they knew how, what people did or if people were trying to cheat or if people did certain things, and, you know, they get called out for it, and I think that's, that's great that they did that. Um, and, you know, just coming in as a new team, I definitely want to thank everybody that, you know, kind of congratulated us the, you know everybody they paid respects to us and congratulations off the court you know and and just we're proud for us to to win everything yeah it's it's uh it's an incredible feat and i hate to admit this man but i was talking to uh to creator because i'm trying to figure out when we're going to do our our team doom um interview and um you know he was there not to make this about them but they were kind of bummed obviously i mean it's it's, it's a pretty big upset so hey dude you know i was kind of like um on the low key rooting for you just because I like, I don't know, I hate change. I talked about this in WDA. I wanted to see like a sixth uh, uh, win because that's just incredible. Mm -hmm. But then after talking to you and, and getting to know you guys a little bit more and just seeing it, like what you guys have done is awesome. And I think, um, yeah, just you, you, I think you gave a lot of teams out there some hope. So um, good job, man. That's, that's incredible. Thank you. Um, last but not least, uh, Nick, what are your um, shout outs, slots overall? I mean, shout-outs to Mick and to the, the rest of those guys. They're amazing. I wish I could have had Daniel and, and Trey to myself, but <laughs> if I couldn't, it's uh, the, the best team to go with. 
and uh, amazing job from the women's division side. They killed it. Every team there was uh, really played their hearts out, and uh, all the players selected for that were incredible. They they brought more entertainment than I hope everyone thought they were gonna they're gonna bring in. Uh, they they absolutely killed it this weekend. For sure. Oh, dab from Paige. Oh boy. <laughs> That's hilarious. It wasn't somebody saying like stop dabbing. Uh, I don't know what it was or what clip. It's everyone like, saying stop dabbing. Yeah, They're, they can't handle it. <laughs> no uh, one's saying that. If you're a, if you're a champion, you, you should be able to do whatever you want. You can do the macarena if you want to. Just <laughs> dating myself, but uh, awesome. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, for helping me recap this thing. Um, I'll be honest, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to, but um, you know, once I reached out to you guys and you said you guys said yes i was like super excited because just so much happened and it's just such an amazing um thing to watch um one thing i want to ask is um so this aired on on the ocho right espn did that weird sports segment is it going to be aired elsewhere um are we gonna be able to watch this like on tv next year or how does that work they uh, you take it nick oh well as of right now i don't think they have a uh, anything lined up with espn uh, they aired last year's uh, championships on uh, ESPN. What was it? You Three or uh, you? Yeah, it was early in the morning. But uh, yeah, I don't think they have anything lined up with ESPN. Mick, did you have anything? No, I was just gonna say yeah. The the stuff that was on the Ocho was 2017's finals because I know they had that deal with them last year. Oh okay. But yeah, I don't think there's. I think just the streams right now are up, and you know yeah, whatever whatever happens with that. There's hours and hours to watch of last weekend's tournament. Which, which I definitely, I, I, you know, I think teams should do something similar to what I do. Take your clips and make videos out of it. You know, make a highlight and just make content to share. You know, it's hard to share a five-hour stream and have people watch all that. You know, take your favorite moments and and make a you know one-minute, thirty-second video and just just share it with somebody. You know. Yeah, they're, those are good to watch. And actually, thank you so much for bringing such a joy to my life with the uh, the Brody Alien one. <laughs> God, I must have been responsible for like 500 of those views just myself. <laughs> that was so great. Um, yeah, that's that's good advice. And that, that's a great way to, to send digestible content out there to people and, and get the word going. But uh, with regards to the streams, I'm sure we'll find out if uh, a major network is going to pick it up. But um Let's leave it at that. Again, guys, thank you so much. I know I said about, hey, roughly an hour. Uh, I think we're past the two-hour mark with recording and, and all the, <laughs> the the checks and whatnot. But uh, I definitely owe you guys some some rounds when we get to, to nationals. So I'll, uh, I'll see you then. Awesome. And Paige yeah, is dabbing. We'll see <laughs> cool. So that was a recap of the 7th Annual Ultimate Dodgeball Championship hosted by SkyZone and what an incredible production of dodgeball um, we were all treated to the weekend of August 3rd. Um, as I've said throughout the episode and in the opening, it was just an incredibly branded, wonderful event and I love being able to show people these items and these clips and these images um, to help move dodgeball that much further in the realm of being taken seriously. Huge, huge thank you to uh, Mick Wood, Paige Peterson, and Nick Vectorin for helping me recap the event and sitting through about two hours of recording. Um, normally, we don't go past uh, the hour and 15 mark, but uh, thank you guys so much for sticking it through and uh, putting together what I hope is, is a good um, good episode, especially since I had that nightmare that it was just terrible. So uh, thank you guys so much for being such good sports. And then, like as I said, I definitely owe you guys uh, a round or two um, when we meet at Nationals. 
Major congratulations and shout out to teams to the and Vedetta for taking it this year and uh, best of luck in the future and obviously a, a, a side shout out to Vendetta for just being the first women's team in the first women's division to take it. Um, I'm, I'm sure as I've seen in all the clips and interviews and photos you guys really set a solid standard just all the women's teams in general that showed up and we really hope that next year we see uh, more teams showing up and making this just a full-blown division um, with, with the Open. Also, a major thank you to everyone that refed, provided stats, and basically did everything and anything they could to contribute to making this UDC probably the best one so far to date. Um, from its humble beginnings a couple years ago to, to now, it is incredible to see how polished it is. And again, just, I cannot get over the fact that I saw people I know looking like serious athletes from like a major sports uh, production. So I cannot wait for the eighth one. Um, I will have to be there. Just even if I'm refing or watching as a spectator, I must be there. Um, with regards to this recap, I tried doing something a little bit different um, without being so regimented on the on the players and the teams and just kind of inviting members of the winning teams and maybe one person that had a solid outside perspective. So if you like the format, if you notice a difference, um, positive or negative, please let me know. Um, if you hated it, loved it, felt informed, felt like I missed a lot, uh, let me know as well. Um, as always, I love the feedback. I appreciate it. I want this to be just as good of a contribution to the sport as anything else. So. Thank you to everyone that submitted their questions and for people that are giving me feedback. I really, really appreciate it. But um, that all being said, have a great rest of your evening, a great weekend, and we'll see you next time. Starting with Nick. I f***ed that up. I'm going to just reread this a second. Oh, hey. <laughs> yeah. we'll take that was bad. Back. <laughs> <laughs> Everything. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah.